Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Three laps away from the Mercedes AMGs needing to pit again. Unless, of course, they're now... No, they want to run as deep into this stint as they can to get a, short, a shorter possible uh, pit stop at the end. Remember, the final pit stop is likely to be dictated by the time to the finish, to the chequered flag, and therefore the, the smallest amount of time possible you want to leave it to because then you can get a quicker pit stop that way. I mean, ideally, it wants to be one lap, but you, uh, you can't make that work. So, the 163 on the live stream looking like it stopped on the bridge. I'm sure it hasn't as the clock continues to tick by. But uh, again, so many, uh, so many bits of uh, communication happening here at the Nurburgring that often some of the onboard camera coverage does tend to judder a little bit, particularly on the lower parts of the circuit. But it's brilliant to have that because that fills in so many blanks. Renault McGann, I think, peeling off there into the pit lane hopefully the right side of the Armco barrier. I'm always concerned when cars dart in at the very last minute into the pits because that Armco barrier is ready to catch you out. I was just having a little think about how many cameras you'd need to cover the whole of the Nordschleife acceptably in terms of if you didn't have any onboards, you'd have to have a lot of, particularly in the Grand Prix loop, you could have cameras doing multiple corners, but you could guarantee if they were facing to their left, something would be happening to their right. But because it's so twisty around the, the full Nordschleife, I think you'd need do it really properly 70 cameras yeah probably I, I, I think mean, I mean no maybe that's overrating let's call it 50 but there are a lot of points where you'd have to again have a camera person with a sweep yes to have different angles effectively they could be on a corner covering the corners before and after and uh, during right in front of them but uh, with so many twists and turns and the gradient changes you'd have to accept you'd have to give them you'd have to really set them up where they could had long views if you set them in a, in a closing area they, they wouldn't be a great deal of use and therefore you would need closer to 100 cameras and then imagine could, uh, trying to direct that the poor director goodness and, uh, me you can have one camera shots. and two cameramen each looking in different directions like it would man a marshal's post i suppose uh but of course you know when we get to the n24 every may nearly every may it's going to alter i understand in the future uh but uh yes that that is obviously has the luxury of lots more cameras around the Nordschleife, but still not full coverage, no, and not, a, not overnight as well. A lot of them closed down. Well, first to second, it's a great hunt. Hubert Howe still right on the tail as another lap is about to be chalked up. It's a wonderful autumnal day. It's still Patrick Assenheimer in the 47 Mercedes from Team HTP Motorsport, tucked in behind as they come up on one of the Ferraris, not one of the Monchal Ferraris, but the SP8 Ferrari. That's the dark blue and white one. That keeps out of the way. Hubert Howard in second place actually hung back a little bit. Okay, very, very close to the Ferrari, who I don't really think saw him because we had Asenheimer go past into turn one. No trouble at all. Now the Ferrari is right in front of Hubert Howard and Hubert's had to get him on the exit of turn two. That cost him a little bit of time. He does seem to be able, though, Johnny, to close in whenever he wants, but trying to find a place to get past Patrick Assenheimer, also racing a Mercedes, therefore delivering its um, speed in a very similar way. He hasn't managed to do it yet, but he's going to keep on hunting. 
I mentioned about the N24 being held in May. It often is, but in 2019, due for a June date, the 20th to the 23rd of June in 2019, which is the weekend right after Le Mans. Uh, so it doesn't always fall prior to the 24-hour race at Les Arts, set for a May date in 2020, and then June for 21, 22 and 23, because this year, the next six or rather last year, the next six events for N24 were all announced together. Nothing okay. like a bit of diary planning. No, God, absolutely. I, I reckon in, back in the 90, late 80s and early 90s when I used to go to the Nürburgring 24 hours, it might have been just two weekends before Le Mans, which often put it right on that cusp of May into June. And I've also been there when the weather has been so absolutely foul that... Uh, it's run through the fog at abated speed pretty much through the night. and it's, It is still the roll of the dice. I guess that's the early end of May you're more likely to get that, but it's still a massive factor. The uh, MSC Adenauer sponsored Opel Calibra has just been overtaken by the number 99 BMW. That's the Opel Calibra of Marcus Weinstock and Herbert Schmidt. All black. And uh, the Calibra, still a very modern-looking shape, actually, that uh, ran in DTM for several seasons in a much uh, souped-up version, as opposed to the H2 example that's being run here. Qualified in 155th position earlier on this morning, did car 621. If you've had a busy day and you thought, I will just dial in to see the final quarter of an hour of the race, I'm afraid you're going to have to hang around with us for another hour. We started an hour late. We've only got... uh, we should have 11 and a half minutes remaining on the clock to the end of this, uh, the final four-hour race of VLN for 2018. But we're an hour behind. We're not complaining it. We're enjoying the racing very much indeed. But today started foggy. Everything was delayed by an hour. That meant we started an hour late, but in perfect weather conditions. We had bright blue sky earlier. We had fine weather clouds. It's becoming a little bit uh, more cloudy, but we should be good for a, a dry run to the end of the race. And certainly... Riding on board, looking at the onboard camera footage from around the Nordschleife. I love it any time of the year, but now the leaves are starting to turn. It's even more magnificent. Some of those leaves fall onto the track, they fall into the radiators, and uh, just add a little bit of decoration to the cars when, for when they get to Parc Ferme for the final time. That's coming up in just over an hour. It's Mercedes first and second. It's still the number 47 entry from HTP Motorsport. Still Patrick Assenheimer, but he's never more than a second ahead of Hubert Hout racing for Black Falcon. Third place, Klaus Backler setting the fastest lap of the race so far as he tries to hunt them down in his Falcon Motorsport Porsche. Now, was there a pit stop for the number seven car that time through? That might well have been just flashing up against Christopher Brook's name. I'll check on that in a moment or two. We're still away, away from uh, the kind of key protagonists in this race from pitting for the final time but the advantage at this end of the race is that the number four and the 99 and the 32 can run a little bit deeper into the race therefore a shorter stop they can take because there is a shorter amount of time to the chequered flag I'll remind that that in VLN the chequered flag waits for the race leader to come around to complete the lap when the clock hits zero. So if the race leader is partway round the Nordschleife as the clock reaches zero, the flag will come out the next time the leader crosses the line in a sort of conventional duration-dictated race. Where it differs from the 
Nürburgring 24 is that in that race, the chequered flag just comes out, regardless of who's about to cross the line. They just stick the flag out and everybody is locked into their positions. We wait for the leader to complete the next lap, basically. It's not bolting on an extra lap, just to complete the current one. An hour and nine to go. Uh, there was a intervention vehicle out on track and also a caution area for the 99 BMW to negotiate that time. So let's just work out where that caution is. Well, that's the old favourite place of Callanhard again. Metzgersfeld, Callanhard and... Yes, intervention vehicle on track. We may okay. already have had uh, the vehicle recovered, though. What do you reckon? No, maybe not. There's a is that a Clio? There's a tow vehicle. It's not a Clio. Wait, okay. of course, our cameras have just uh, frozen as we went past. Trying to work out what it was, but certainly one of the smaller class cars. White tail end of it. You can never say it's the whole car, but it looked largely white, unliveried car at trackside on driver's right. The field has then released past it, but. Uh, Certainly, yet again, it keeps these drivers on their toes. They know they don't want to blow their race by coming hooning round a corner. I believe that's an official term. <laughs> and overtaking someone under a yellow that they hadn't been expecting. And so the marshals have to be very, very clear with their, their waving of flags. 3-8-4 okay. is the suggestion from at time certain clock. Thank you again for your eagle eye on the tracker. That's an SP2T car. Mm, possibly. Uh, Peter Uch. Uch. And Mike Uch. Now, they are the drivers that uh, could potentially, or Peter Uch anyway, could potentially catch Joachim and Jürgen Nett and Bradley Philpott in their Peugeot 308 Racing Cup car, remember. SP2T. We'll keep a, a, a check on that in a moment or two. But the BMW M235Is are reaching the end of their current lap. This is Tristan Vidas again battling with the 700 car and there have been driver changes here because it is now uh, Florian Nauman driving the 700 but Vidas is ahead of car 700 so here's your order at the end of well it'll be a number of laps back of course from the overall leaders cut 5 is headed by bear with me the 650 car of Yannick Fubrich and Griesner then it is Muller, Otto and Poika, the treble six. And then it's this battle involving Vidas and Nauman. They are virtually nose to tail, the orange and maroon and the all orange car. Meanwhile, on the live stream, that is the current overall standings after 19 laps. Mercedes 47 leads Mercedes number six. Porsche number four with Klaus Backler at the wheel. 99 BMW, the Audi number five, Frank Stippler. And then the number two Porsche which has at the wheel Steve Yance. Of the cars in the top six, that's the one that's made the best progress, actually, the, the Get Speed Porsche. Yes. Number two, it's been one of our camera cars, so, of course, that, that gets you a special ticket that gains you three positions. But uh, from outside the top ten, been running very, very well indeed. Again, whenever we get a chance to look around the circuit, we have to keep looking for marshals, flags, for cars parked at the edge. We've had a few little tumblers, but uh, I must say, so far... They left the barriers uh, to their own devices, which is uh, good news indeed. First to second, looks like it's stretched out to about a second. It's not a case of uh, Hubert Houts losing speed. It's a question of where he found the traffic. And he's not on the tail anymore. He's going to lose a bit more time through the final sweep of corners. And onto another lap goes uh, Patrick Assenheimer, race leader. His advantage, well, let's see, does the... Yeah, the second Mercedes comes through as, through as well. And just waiting for the interval between them to... 
flickered. It's 2.1 seconds, so it's been a, a better lap, but again, sometimes the lead car in the battle has quite an advantage. Chasing car often isn't seen, and you get drivers just pulling back across its path. But the race scout, Mercedes, leading the way, and Patrick Assenheimer doing a good job, but we're very nearly to the third changeover point. Nearly done three hours to four hours of racing. And Hubert Howe will be handing over to Yelma Berman, whereas Patrick Assenheimer will be handing over to Raffaele Marcello. That should provide some absolute fireworks between that pair. Down through the gears goes Patrick Assenheimer. And now charging towards the left and the right, the race scout Mercedes AMG with that giant rear wing. And the all-metallic dark green Mercedes is in second place with Hubert Hout still at the wheel. Cars returning to the race, having made their recent pit stops include certainly a TCR car I saw sneaking through there. And possibly a Toyota GT86. It's one of those coming down the main straight now, just ahead of the 99 BMW of Jesse Krohn. Fourth position for that Rover Racing machine. Nico Bastian and Nick Katzberg are the other drivers. Fourth place overall, fourth place in SP9 Pro. The best premium machine. And remember, there's no difference in the spec of the SP9 cars. Premium and Pro are purely based on the driver combinations. All Pro or Pro-Am. And the best premium car is currently 10th overall, that being the number 22 Wockenspiegel Team Monscher Ferrari 488, Oliver Kites doing the driving. Frank Stippler over the line in 5th, car 5. 6th place Steve Yance in car 2. Fred Vervish in the 32 SPX Audi should be 7th. We're waiting for him to cross the line any moment. A lot of lap times fallen away because of the slow pip, slow points around the circuit with the instant being cleared up. Just Because otherwise it looks so Fred Vervish is lapping about 15 seconds faster than anybody else, which clearly great driver as the Belgian is. That won't be the case. Waiting for him to complete lap number 20. And I'm sure his lap times will also be in the 8 minute, high minute, eight minute 20s, 8 minute 30. But uh, the important fact is first to second. 2.1 seconds between those two Mercedes. Hubert Hout still giving chase, but the last lap was very good indeed for Patrick Assenheimer. But for a lot of these drivers, they're in the final moments. They're probably, this is probably the last lap before they will end their stints. And just to point out, Raffaele Marcello will be taking over the lead Mercedes from HTP Motorsport. And the second place car for Black Falcon will go over to crew Dutch racer Yelma Berman. And I'm sure they have a fantastic scrap for the remaining hours. So it's Mercedes 1 and 2. Last race, it was Mercedes 1 and 2. But we've got different Mercedes this time around because it was an auto arena motorsport car that Patrick Assenheimer drove for victory last time around. This time he's moved across to Team HDP Motorsport and instead of Black Falcon chasing home last time it was SPS Automotive and they're racing elsewhere this weekend. So lots of turnaround but Mercedes certainly ending the 2018 on season on very strong form indeed. Somewhere in the middle sector are the race leaders and the lap times favouring sector times favouring Patrick Assenheimer at the moment he's able to pull out half a second on Hubert Haupt on the sprint strecker and a full second through sector two so this could well be Patrick Assenheimer in a bit of a groove remember race winner last time out in VLN8 with Dominic Bauman sharing with very different drivers this time though moving across to the HTP outfit and sharing with Maximilian Gertz and Raffaele Marcello, the Italian. 
into Mercedes Arena goes the number 22 Bockenspiegel Ferrari and that car leading SP SP9 Premium from the Jody Fannin driven BMW number 36 and that means we must have had drama for car 34 then and presumably a while ago because that's tumbled down the order now car 34 107th overall and in the pit lane and presumably has been there for quite some time now the pole sitting BMW only just spotted that but Rudy Adams took charge of that car from David Pittard Pittard took over from Christian Krognes who started the race and the car is in the pits and probably out of the race well don't forget that was running for a while after the first pit stops when uh, David Pittard was at the wheel in third position overall so yeah that's been a, a cruel cruel stroke and apologies for missing that but uh, you have to cut us a little bit of snack, slack because of 155 cars 154 <laughs> cars yes. and again the different points at which people started the race the number 911 Porsche that started from the back of the lead group has the longer pit stops and we'll have probably one more of those still to go but the 911 car started by Michael Christensen is now up in Matteo Jaminet's hands just outside the top 10 in 11th place overall but uh, importantly for Porsche and for the two drivers in question, logging very, very valuable track time. And it's certainly looked quick in parts, but constantly being held back. And again, just the peril. You overtake a car. Jaminet did that. And the Porsche came and he o that he overtook, tried to follow his racing line into the corner, got the tail out and nearly dropped it off the circuit. So, uh, again, drivers have to run their own race, not fight and try with or copy cars from other classes you've got to be confident how your car handles and stick to that around the Nordschleife one little slip can have big outcomes here certainly the options of going off are at every corner over the line goes the 490 car and that is still looking good for championship I'm hoping it is the 490. No, it's the 71. Oh, it is a 490 car. And I actually misidentified... Uh, no, the, the 71, by the way, is the position <laughs> rather than the car number. That's over to the right, Johnny. Come on, wake up. So the Pixum Team Adrenaline car is still uh, leading in the championship. question is now, where is it in the class? The 490 is first in V4. So therefore on course for 9.77 points after they were 22 starters in V4. So, uh, Chris Rink, Danny Brink and Lyson doing a tremendous job here of uh, staying out front, scoring as many points as they can. And on course, I would say, for a VLN Championship in 2018. Well, into the final hour we go. Not just the final hour of the race, the final hour of the season. And, and for that trio, Rink and Brink and Tink, they have just got to be relieved track conditions are dry but as soon as you say that it hasn't started raining but track conditions change because there's a slow zone just up ahead of the get speed 101 Porsche car off at the side of the circuit being attended to about to be towed away and immediately uh, the driver of that uh, 101 Porsche put, put, puts the pedal down so the GT3 cup class car overtakes the two back markers ahead of him and presses on his way. And for all the drivers, they don't just have to pay attention to where a, a slow zone starts and work out the reasons why. They've got to be attentive to all of that. It could be fluid that could catch them out next time around. They've got to be equally attentive as to where the zone ends and where they can get the pedal down all over again. And certainly the 101 Porsche crew, quicker than the two cars ahead of it and quicker to react. So they didn't waste any time. That's John Schoffner and Janine Hill, the two Americans sharing with Fabian Schiller. They've had some very good strong runs this year. 
uh, they're showing us why all over again. One sixty-three. I want to say still leading in SP ten. It's been going well so far for that Black Falcon Mercedes, and yes, out front from the BMW M4 of the Team Securtle Sorg Rensport duo. It is Eichenberg. Assenheimer in from the lead of the race, Johnny, there. So the race leader, 47, HCP Motorsport, uh, Mercedes into the pit lane. He uh, did Hubert Hout go in for one more lap. Need a wider shot to see if he's following in in the Black Falcon Mercedes. Yes, he is just coming into the rear of our shot, going to the pit lane. The sun in the driver's faces as they pull to into position. Grief. One person with a lollipop walk, almost walked straight in front of the car, but luckily the 966 Porsche coming to a standstill, but that is right in front of Assenheimer's car. And Raffaele Marcello just climbing on board now is going to have to be have the nose of the car swung round so he can pull out and not have that 966 sitting in its passage for when he comes to get away. As you can see, Johnny, if you look at the left of the screen, and for those listening, it really is very close indeed. Parked diagonally across the low nose of the Mercedes, so the Mercedes is going to have to be swung around. That's almost like a blocking manoeuvre from another team, but for the Black Falcon Motorsport crew, maybe they're a local team, because they seem to have a, a garage right down by pit exit with nobody parked in front of them whatsoever. They do have some cones, though. We've all seen races where a driver's got out a bit sharply and ended up with a cone beneath them, and that has led to driver penalties and uh, blown their chances entirely. So Raffaele Marcello's car down on the deck so the uh, new wheels can be tightened up and then they're going to have to swing it around because the Porsche Cayman yeah they're pushing it backwards now the man filter sponsored car with the now distinguishable race scout livery on the side that's almost ready to go back in but of course it's the minimum pit stop time Yelma Berman's taken over from Hubert Howe tall figure of Hubert walks away from the second place Mercedes that's still not back down on terra firma it's having a quick check underneath that should be the second one to leave. We really need to see if the race scout Mercedes is getting going yet. No, that's still at a standstill, still having its wheels torqued all over again. Also, keep your eyes peeled for the number four car, the Klaus Battlet-driven machine. That's already actually gone through. But, of course, that can now go deeper into its stint, expecting that car to pit at the end of lap 23 by which point they'll be much shorter distance to the flag. It's not based on laps to the flag, because it's very difficult to work that out from uh, a fair distance out, but it's based on time, and it changes every minute, basically. So you can get a shorter and shorter pit stop if you manage to go deeper and close to the end of the race by a single minute. The Toyota A90 is back on the move. Which of the two Mercedes, though, is going to go first? Also, the number five Phoenix Racing Audi is in on this lap. I make it that the number two Porsche should have come in as well. This is going to be so close. But the HTP gold and black car is already on the move. It came in as the race leader. It will rejoin about the same distance, I reckon, ahead of the number six. Yeah, two to three seconds is the gap between them on the way in. It seems to be the same on the way out. Again, they seem such long pit stops, but there is that minimum pit stop time. Transgress, you pick up a penalty. It'll cost you far more than the tenths of a second you can gain here or there. But Raffaele Marcello out 
into what ought to be the lead when everyone else has made their pit stops and he's being given chase by Yelma Berman who in fact seems to have lost another second or two going around the first couple of corners. I'm sure that was just down to the foreshortening effect as we looked head on at the cars leading the pit lane. Two cars between them and already the Dutchman Yelma Berman has picked off one of them, one of the Renault Megans now behind him. One more to pick off and then he'll be onto the tail. It's a 9-11 Cup class car between the pair but Raffaele Marcello has got a comfortable little buffer here about four seconds as he goes three quarters of the way around the modern part of the circuit. I call it that even though it opened in the mid-1980s before they get out onto what we call the ancient, the true Nürburgring, the Nordschleife. Seven is in on this lap. That's the Christopher Brook-driven Lamborghini Huracan from Conrad Motorsport. So he'll be handing over probably, I think it's only to uh, Di Martino. Has to be because there are only two drivers against the number seven again. The five car has been handed, or will be handed back to Vincent Kolb, I'm expecting. And a change, no doubt, in the number two car with Steve Yance to hand back to Marek Bockman. We'll wait and see. Down the dotting of her comes the radically liveried Porsche in its 2019 specification. 911 being driven by Matches Yamine. And getting that little bit of an extra toe from a backmarker as he heads into Tiergarten. It's a Cayman just ahead. And ooh, a little bit of uh, sliding from the tail there as well from this Porsche, which carries a bit more aero, leaving absolutely nothing to chance there, Matcha Jaminet. You know how many times that happens on drivers' inlaps? You've done the hard job, you've done the whole of the Nordschleife, you're just coming up from dotting a hurt going into the pits, possibly thinking of two things at the same time. I tried it once, it was nearly fatal. <laughs> the thing is, there's a little lip there, there's a, almost a, a small curb right next to the Armco barrier, and they often clip that curb, which unsettles the car, and we're talking inches away from the bare metal. They know what they're doing, and I have the utmost respect for them. That must be the quickest route in to shortcut it by that distance but but, but you must say you've done almost the entire, entire Nordschleife when you blow it at the final corner within 300 metres of, of the entrance that to would pit be lane. a tad embarrassing wouldn't it I remember being at a British GT meeting at Silverstone a few years ago and David Ashburn managed somehow to clonk the barrier left and right even before he arrived in the pit lane well do you remember let's say four years ago at Le Mans where Royal Goethe dropped it out of the second chicane coming onto the start finish straight on the final lap yes. or the penultimate lap yes I do indeed and again, I'm sure at that point it was the smallest of slip-ups, but just, just maybe a little bit of concentration going away. can happen at any time, but to do it right at the end, so, so unfortunate. I'm surprised there aren't more incidents in pit lane entry roads, though, because you're looking to try and save as much time as possible before you get to the speed-limited area. And particularly here, as you're coming out of a fast chicane and then building speed before you then lose it all and head down the pit lane towards your team a team that is no doubt sharing a garage with six or seven other cars by virtue of the fact we've got 150 plus in today's entry 50 minutes still to go plus any extra time there might be to do for the race leader and loads more time then for all of the class uh, leaders and other finishers next entire sponsored Porsche OK, the Renault Clio that's the side of the track is now raised through quite a few feet. That's been picked up onto a flatbed. And again, the drivers wait to get out of the slow zone and then get their pedal to the metal all over again. Less than 50 minutes remaining in this race. 
the last race of the season. A lot of these drivers that are getting to the end and suddenly realise they'll have to wait until next spring before they can come out and play. But one of the beauties is if you go and watch these races, A, it will really dawn on you what 160 cars going racing from three uh, separate uh, batches looks like at the start. Then it's a continuous stream of cars for the next four hours. Hmm once you got through the first couple of laps. But also the fact is, why not go across and see these events and book yourself in to do some laps on the very circuit they're racing on today? You can do that tomorrow. That yeah. is one of the most fantastic things. I think every reason, and I think looking at the thousands of people in and around the pit, the paddock area, on the starting grid, in the pit lane before the start of the race, the access you've got to the teams, the drivers, the cars is phenomenal in VLN. And I really do think if you're new to these events, do go take the time. Go and, go and see this fabulous circuit with this brilliant array of cars. You go racing for short and sharp, four hours of racing, normally four drivers sharing it, gen- generally three as well. And we've got a couple of lone, lone driver entries, but that is hard work. Imagine four hours of racing flat out anywhere would tire you, but uh, there isn't really much of a chance around a Nürburgring Nordschleife lap to relax. So very, very tough indeed for the experienced only, I would suggest pit stops still going on up and down the order and when you look at some of the teams running the junior class cars you can see they really just look like a bunch of mates helping <laughs> helping the driver out the weekend meant in the kindest way possible but uh, these are these are not the super slick um pit crews we see in pro teams but then again that's why there's a minimum pit stop time to allow for for pit crews of all capabilities to get their their driver male or female strapped in safely and uh, all the elements like putting the new wheels on done absolutely properly what's the point of saying you can do it in 20 seconds less if it doesn't help anybody in any way shape or form keep it safe keep it simple Andreas Schmidt and Roland Schmidt one with a T one without a T uh, run in their 484 V4 BMW Andreas Schmidt from down which is often where we base ourselves with our the our team from RSL when we go to the Nürburgring 24 lovely part of the nearby world to the Nordschleifer an example of you know drivers that have grown up and are based stones throw away from this venue and then others that have to tra- travel much greater distances to be part of this motorsport festival over the line goes the number 99 BMW of Jesse Crone still well we assume it is it's been Crone for quite some time though now and that uh, driver ID has been a little sticky through the course of the race let's face it still f- second position rather for that car because of the two stoppers of course ahead 47 and 6 and the next question now is then when are we expecting the 4 and the 99 to make their stops I reckon at the end of lap 23 so that's 22 now completed at the end of this one then the 4 and the 99 will come in car 32 also due which is the 2019 spec Audi of Fred Vervish the SPX class leader and of course that car will be as per the regulations instructed to wait in the pit lane for an extra 20 seconds a way of handicapping these brand new spec GT3 cars that we'll see an awful lot more of next year I think that's one of the one of the elements of uh, GT racing it is changing constantly and um and also not just GT3 but GT4 more and more manufacturers coming out to play but of course once they've launched themselves into a championship in a category they start developing their cars for future seasons and that's why the VLN is such a hotbed of development but uh, 
looking at the pace of GT4 cars, they're very getting close towards the pace of GT3 cars of uh, not so long ago, so constantly changing. But uh, really, it does offer more and more options for people who want to come out and play in these great-looking cars. Blue BMW diving into the pit lane in the background. In fact, you could say that almost any lap. Because, uh, <laughs> But what we do have is a gap between first and second. It, just waiting for it to cross the start-finish line. We're not first and second, sorry. First and second, that, that lead battle of before the pit stops between the Mercedes. But the gap has definitely gone out. Good first lap for Marcello. Probably a very good lap for Berman, but it does seem to have stretched the gap between the pair of them. Yes, seven seconds between Marcello and Berman. I make it. And Fred Verviche onto an eighth lap for car 32 in this stint. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep, so expecting 4, 99 and 32, the new trio at the top of the pile to have to come in at the end of this one. And Verviche is currently on the sprint strecker, heading down the hill towards the chicane at the end of that segment of the lap and then out onto the hats and back once again, sharing with Marcel Fessler. Have we had Fessler displayed on the timing screen at the wheel of that car? Because again, I just wonder whether that's been a transponder that's not been entirely telling the truth. Well, it did seem Verviche was having the lion's share, yes. as he said. Yes. I kept waiting to say, yes, Fessler's on board. We have had in earlier VLNs this year people like Fessler, uh, former former Audi teammate Andre Lotra and Raymond Dumas doing VLN races, which is great to see. Those associated with LMP1 racing at Le Mans and in the World Endurance Championship still finding time to do a bit of GT3 racing here and there. But you know what? What I love with all of that, Johnny, is the fact we've seen them year in year out doing astonishing things in prototypes at Le Mans. Then you see, you think, oh, do you feel belittled you're doing a GT programme? No, they're racing drivers. They're just doing what they do. And if they can force their way to the top of a very congested field, then, of course, what does that do for their ego? It makes it feel very good indeed. And you do realise... Uh, but also, then you get some of them, you know, like, going out to play in Formula E. Could that be more different if it tried? No, it couldn't. But, again, cream does rise to the top. Oh, boy, the, the Falcon Motorsport BMW right on the tail now of... Is that on the 32 car? No. 33. 33, the Simon sister car. Trummer, I reckon, now yep. driving that, which is the car collection. Audi and Jens Klingman at the wheel of the number three BMW. Klingman sharing again with Peter Dunbreck. And those two cars. Oh, the BMW nearly followed the Audi into the pit lane there. Now, I think it was trying to get the draft down the main straight and suddenly realised at the last minute the Audi was calling into the pits and I don't want to go there. It's not indicating, though. Caught him out. But, yeah, these moments, here we are, you know, quite deep into the race, but nearly uh, three-quarters of the way, a quarter of the way through the final hour, we could have had an absolute dropping of the ball on the start-finish straight. Hopefully it wasn't quite as close as it looked. That was a long shot looking uh, from the front of the cars, but... <laughs> The, mouse though, moment. The, the amount of dust that was kicked up here there's another look at it Bruce if you're enjoying the live stream then look out for this Jens Klingman getting a really good run on the Audi out of Hohenrein and he clipped the kerb as well so then got the momentum coming Off. out and I oh know it wasn't quite as close as I thought but there's loads of 
rubbish that was kicked up detritus just off racing line. I'll call that close. That was quarter of a car length when he started swerving. And, of course, the Audi's slowing very slightly, trying to carry as much speed as it can into the pit lane, but knows it has to get its speed down before it gets the white line further on. But itself, the Audi was incredibly close to the end of the pit wall, which is a little bit concerning. I think perhaps Jens Klingman had the idea of going to the right of the Audi to pull off the overtake and then had to desperately get out of it for fear of the Audi wanting to pit and that's exactly what was necessary so the 33 Simon Trummer as I mentioned and Klingman thankfully avoiding carnage there which would without a doubt have brought out a some sort of caution which may have extended for a significant portion of the race. The last thing we want is a caution into that final sequence of corners because that might be the overtake that wins and loses the race. Well, it is, as I sort of said before the start of the race, a lot of those overtaking manoeuvres happen on the short section, which is the Grand Prix loop. Now, Klingman has come in and hasn't completed a Nordschleifer lap. That's a sprint strecker lap, isn't it? And round and into the back door. So did he want to pit and didn't get the opportunity because the Audi's coming in? That's a strange sequence of events did he forget there. was he just busy with his race head on yes also possible well Peter Dunbreck is on board now you can see the Scott sitting on board but that isn't really from the textbook way of how to win races one feels whatever the reason communication change of mind well it wouldn't be change of mind it would cost you too much unless they said go for another lap and then looked at the fuel readout and went uh, no that's not going to work come in come in quickly but uh, having had a very close scrape with the back of the Al car collection Audi Number three, Falcon Motorsport BMW sitting in pit lane now, having its driver change. Jens Klingman out. And on board goes Peter Dumbreck. What I can't tell you is the sequence of pit stops for car number three, because it's been a little bit out of the top 15 uh, at times, and therefore not been under the microscope as far as I'm concerned. But. Uh, Certainly that car, if it was going to pit on that lap, needed to do it at the end of Tiergarten and not after part of the lap, which, of course, it will not be credited with. It'll have to start this brand-new lap again from square one. Effectively giving itself about oh, a 90-second penalty, something like that. Yeah, first sector takes you just under 90 seconds, I think. Let's have a look at what the leader's just done it in. Well, it's a minute and six seconds, but of course... But with the slowing down and... Yeah, you have to come in via the back door uh, and the well, the pit lane entry route that is used, of course, for Grand Prix events held here and on the, everything on the Grand Prix strecker and the sprint strecker, there is a pit lane available there. And that's the route in, should you make a little error... Toyota A90, the, the brand new car, seen for the first time, world debut at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, running up the hill, still in a camouflage livery, but that's running outside the top 100, 123rd position, but round and round it goes, so three hours under its belt on its racing debut, needs to get to four, it's got another tw uh, 40 minutes to go, this is the car, the spiritual line that goes back to the Toyota Supra, and you can see more than a hint that body shape from a while back. I do quite like some historical keynotes like that. But it's still hard to identify. The black, white and grey and red livery very much breaks up the car's lines. But you can see those big strong haunches and slightly flared front wings that do show the bloodline that dates back to the 1990s. Being driven very neatly indeed. That's probably why it's still going around the circuit because it's oh, oh so easy to make a mishap. Um... Another story that I'd taken note of in the lead-up to this race, but now with so much else going on, I've totally forgotten. Uh, Volker Strychek 
who has been racing in the VLN Championship since at least 1990. I think that's as far back as the records go, basically. Uh, but uh, could have been on course this weekend to take his 100th VLN class victory since 1990. Third in H2 in the Manta, second in SP3T with his kids in the OPC Astra. So Volker Strychek against the 617 car and the 335 machine, but not leading either of those classes right now. Well, in and out of the pits came the number four Porsche. And the good news for Porsche fans is the 47 Mercedes only now sweeping out of the final sequence of quarters. So it looks like it's got a lead of about 20 seconds over Raffaele Marcello. Let's see what sort of pace Marcello is managing. Yelm Berman was seven seconds down at the end of the previous lap. They went into the pits about two or three seconds apart. That's the 47 Mercedes ahead of the number six Mercedes. Not a bad lap. Eight minutes 13 last time around for Marcello. Eight minutes 12 for Berman. But, well, I can't give you the out time of Ragginger taking over from Backler for the final stint for the Falcon Porsche but it's in the lead of the race it was running out of uh, sequence if you will having pitted at a different time uh, to those that went in including the Mercedes that went in on the same lap this is all the way back to their first uh, the end of their first stint but uh, I thought they'd be in front and they are at this point yes at the end of the sprint strecker now uh, actually having checked Volker Strychek's position he is now in the lead of SP3T with Lena and Robin Strychek his children so that could be on course again for a 100th uh, class victory in VLN here's the order then uh, Martin Ragginger fresh from a pit stop currently leads and heading on to the hats and back now the first bit of the Nordschleifer waiting for the next car to go through the timing loop at the end of uh, sector one and it is then Marcello chasing or being chased rather by Yelmer Berman so car four leading now the two Mercedes 47 and 6 and this is a set to the finish and of course the fact that the Porsche has gone deeper into its stint, remember the Mercedes stopped after only five laps and then subsequently stopped on lap 13 and lap 21. The Porsche's always been a little bit later and now seems to be reaping the rewards of that shorter stint to the flag as per the regulations. BMW, I reckon, number 99, having also made a stop on that lap, is in fourth position. So Porsche, with Ragginger at the wheel, leads Marcello and his Mercedes. Berman in another Mercedes-AMG. And Jesse Krohn still being displayed as driving the BMW. I think we have been cycling through drivers more readily than the timing screen would have us know. So bear in mind, it's Nick Katzberg and Nico Bastian, the other drivers for 99. It is the engine note you hear in the background, heading out of Hats and Back and towards Flugplatz, the rise over the road there. And then another opportunity, if you spectate, on to drive drivers left there of seeing the car's wheels at least, leaving two, two wheels off the ground, possibly all four at times on qualifying laps anyway. Indicator flashing for a Porsche Cayman up ahead. That might be the 959, actually, which is giving way to car 99, the BMW, what about 9.59 and the others in Cup 3? Well, it is 9.59 that leads the way from the seven, from the 9.40 car of Max and Jens. Third in Cup 3 and quite a way back is 
the car of Krantz and Rebhan. And again, it has to be stressed. When drivers compete on the Nürburgring Nordschleife, they have to know what's going on. It's multi-class racing. And you can imagine if you're at your first driver's briefing ahead of one of these events, you have to have your notebook out. You have to be listening. So much is logical. But what we saw there, the Porsche Cayman pulling over to one side and indicating, making it doubly clear to the chasing uh, SP9 car that would be coming past. It's way faster, but just make it clear. Because, of course, one corner very much feeds straight into another here. So you've got to be hard over to one side and stay there. Not think about crossing to a racing line on the other side. Stay out of the way. For the SP9 runners, they can pick their lines. They can pick their moments. But when you have two cars uh, dicing for position ahead of them, that's when it becomes difficult. But drivers have to look forwards. But most notably, they have to look backwards as well. And I must say that the standards in the VLN really just get better and better. Uh, across the various classes, but a, dr a clear driver's briefing, clearly a, a massively important element of each and every one of these VLN rounds. This is round nine of the year, the last race of the season. Championship points still being worked out. Johnny looking hard at his screen, trying to <laughs> work out who's rising to where. Will Volta Tritek take his uh, 100th class win? I really hope he does. He's been such a backbone uh, to racing in Germany over the decades. It must be a uh, stress and so clearly an opal man through and through in the recent decades but hopefully he'll pick up that uh, class win that would just be the icing on the cake and to do it with two of his children racing with him as well what a special day that will be what a way to round off his 2018 season been a, dr a dry track all race not always a guarantee in October nor is clear weather and that's why we were delayed by an hour this morning that's why we're an hour behind but we've got just over half an hour remaining in this the final race of the season and it's been perfect racing condition since that uh, fog rose this morning and uh, we had a brilliant start to the race but at the moment it's uh, Porsche leading the way from BMW then to Mercedes and we'll see if it stays that way it must be said that Martin Raginger who's sharing the black sharing the Falcon Motorsport uh, Porsche with Klaus Backler is doing a very good job and he's got a, a comfortable little cushion but still half an hour to go Johnny yeah and uh, just checking the points for the drivers in SP9 Pro uh, I just I totaled these up during the week to find out who might be the best performing SP9 Pro driver and this is purely on points awarded from that class I mean in the instance of Manuel Metzger he's done quite a bit of SP7 driving through the year but I'm only counting the SP9 Pro points that he's accumulated and I reckon in the current positions although it's a good points haul for Klaus Backler there are 15 starters by the way in SP9 Pro uh, it is on course to be Frank Stippler who is uh, who has accumulated the most amount of points 39.28 from a number of races through the course of the year uh, he was in VLN 1, 2, 3 and 4 he missed 5 but uh, was there was here for 6 but that was a DNF for Stippler and then did VLN 7 and 8 but even with a 7th uh, even with the 7th place at the moment for the Phoenix racing Audi pilot that would be enough to have more points and as it stands I'm told in Cup 5 Tristan Vidas would be the champion in 694 so despite a good consistent run from the treble six outfit they might well just for uh, just uh, lose out and of course they're the car that haven't yet won a race so they maybe ruin that fact at come half an hour's time the number three car a little bit of a hiccup this for the peter dumbreck and jens klingman car it went round too far and had to do an extra lap of the sprint strecker before 
coming back into the pits and making its regular stop. So they'll be kicking themselves. Nice On the flip side, though, the sister car is doing very nicely. Yeah, the sister car being Porsche-shaped rather than BMW-shaped. And that uh, the BMW-shaped car, unfortunately for them, down to, I think, 15th position after the uh, little extra run through the sprint strike at the start of the Grand Prix loop. Had to come into the, into the pits via sort of entry from the Grand Prix circuit that cost it we reckon about one and a half minutes and that's dropped it way way down the order but uh, the sister car going over the start finish line right now to put lap number 24 on the board got a lead of about getting on towards a minute over Jesse Crone so it's a Porsche from Forco Motorsport ahead of the, 99, the, the 99 which is the Rover Racing BMW which uh, by, by more by subtlety than speed has managed to get ahead of those two Mercedes no it hasn't of course sorry that, that just waiting for that stagger there with the Mercedes having their pit stops early they're coming through so Marcello in second place he's down by 20 seconds on the race leader waiting for Yelma Berman to come through he's another eight seconds further back so top three covered by under half a minute and then we should have um, the order settling down behind but it's looking very good very easy for Martin Ragginger, certainly the stints from Klaus Backler have been uh, extraordinarily good and uh, really fought hard to work his way to the front in the first stint of the race when the cars are running so closely together. Lights flashing for, for Ragginger, that number four, Falcon Porsche pressing on. It's been a good season for Porsches in the VLN. Yes, it has. I mean, really also for, for Frickadelli Racing in the more quieter SP9 Pro entries, Frickadelli with back-to-back -back victories. Uh, I think that was in VLN 3 and 4 just after Le Mans. There was one in June and then one in July a couple of weeks later. And uh, Frickadelli, yes, taking victory in 3 and 4. Victory in VLN 5 then going the way of the Black Falcon outfit in car number 6. VLN 7 was won by the Porsche, number four, Klaus Beckler. And that was a Falcon Motorsport 1-2. Porsche was. ahead of um, BMW. But that time the BMW was Steph Dusseldorp and Alexander Imperatore at the wheel. But they were only two seconds down at the end of the race. 2.077 yeah. seconds. That's the closest one of the season. Formation finish for Falcon Motorsports. Seven was won by the number six again. Manuel Metzger joined on that occasion by... Uh, Hubert Haupt and Mauro Engel and the last time out was victory for the Dominic Bauman and Patrick Assenheimer driven Auto Arena Motorsport Mercedes so it's been a good spread of different manufacturers Porsche, BMW and Mercedes but never an Audi to date and it's looking highly unlikely that it will be again in VLN 9 Martin Ragginger on course then for well, a convincing victory at the moment. Obviously, you never know what each lap of the Nordschleife might throw up. Some discussion down at Toyota Gazoo Racing, who are running this brand new Toyota A90, of course. And is that a discussion about a problem with the car? It seems to be all grins around there, I have to say. And that car is running an SP8T, currently in second position, although the car's in the pit lane. So let's hope that uh, there isn't a drama there. Looks to be a respectable in-lap for that car, which is running second in class and second to the... Oh, now, who's first in 8T at the moment? 
Just press a few buttons here. It is the nine sixty nine, I reckon. It's the leader in eight T. Yes, which is actually a BMW two three five I Cup car. Eligible obviously for Cup Five, but way ahead of the number 90 car which might actually be have had suffered dramas because the gap between the two SP8T leaders is huge we're talking 124th overall for the Toyota A90 brand new and let's see what happens to that next year uh, as opposed to the 54th placed overall uh, class leader 25 and a half minutes still to go Tristan Vidas about to be lapped by the 99 BMW Vidas then on course for a Cup 5 class championship the Estonian driver with former LMP3 experience Three. he had to work hard for quite a number of laps he had someone right on his tail so yes, he, he now seems to have shaken him off and again when you see one of the front runners coming through just give them space you've made that lead for yourself just hang on to it yeah battling with the 700 car from memory which is the Fisher and Nauman machine the all orange Cup 5 car, Florian Nauman and Michael Fischer. So the next question is what's happened to treble 6, which was there or thereabouts. That's still second in class. Vidas is third. The 650 car leads the way then. And more information coming through about classes. Thanks to Tim for all this. As it stands in SP2T, the 308, the Bradley Philpot Peugeot 308, would be champion along with uh, teammates Net and Net and in SP3 the Shrik and Gavris 274 car would be champion as things stand so we're all just about keeping tabs on the various championships meanwhile out on the track in this race individually there is a car being towed that looks a bit like a cup 3 machine one of the Porsche Caymans quite possibly now what's happening in Cup 3 and is that somebody we should be concerned about as in one of the long time leaders 959 still leads, 940 still displayed as second and 969 is third so it's just about as you were there, 960 is fourth. But that's one of those things if it's your first time doing a VLN race it's not often on other circuits where you see a car being towed on the track during the race so no. you have to be aware that this is a possibility, there aren't that many gaps in the barriers but also <laughs> It just happens, and the fact is you don't get much of a sighting of it beforehand, so another pressure on the shoulders of the marshals to get the flag messages as clear as possible to the drivers. Into the final half hour, almost into the final 20 minutes of the season, still the pit stops coming, so very late uh, pit stops from some of the, the Porsche runners there in the Porsche Cup class, but it's a Porsche leading the way overall. It's still Martin Ragginger. 20 seconds clear of Raffaele, Raffaele Barcello. Yelma Berman probably about another six or seven seconds back. Yeah, another seven seconds back in third place. Wait to see how the intervals change over the course of this lap. But you have to say that Martin Ragginger sitting pretty. He can afford to lose a few seconds per lap with only time for another two and a half, three laps, I would suggest, to go in this race. But uh, the first three seem fairly well sorted. Porsche. Yet another win in 2018 ahead of the Mercedes. Last time out, it was Mercedes first and second. It could be Mercedes second and third. But interestingly, not from the same teams that were standing on the podium last time around, just two weeks ago at the start of October. 
Uh, the big grin in the Toyota garage, uh, I, I apologise, was Akio Toyoda, no less. Toyoda-san. So oh, was it? Is, yes. Okay. Uh, very much getting his uh, hands dirty, it looks like. Looking and after. just to explain, Toyota is the family of Toyota. Indeed. Just in case you've just entered the room. Yes. So he is the great-grandson of the father of the Japanese Industrial Revolution, effectively. Great-grandson of Sakichi Toyoda and grandson to the Toyota Motors founder, uh, Kiichiro Toyoda so next in line you might say so only when he started smiling could the other people in the garage smile <laughs> maybe because <laughs> so. he was looking quite gra- quite sort of concerned well, at first but we caught the side of an expression and then suddenly he was beaming and so was everyone else around him uh, yeah and the uh, Toyota 890 is not back on the move sadly so oh. um, maybe there was concern about you know it, it is going to go no further than putting a brave grin on things but it's, it's had a good outing, and this is its first foray into competitive motorsport action. Yes, OK, it did the hill climb at the Goodwood Festival of Speed earlier on in the year, but that was more of a demonstration run this time, you know, up against 150-odd other cars. And not to mention, if it was driving on a regular Grand Prix circuit, it would have an assortment of corners. But you think of the variety of the 25-kilometre lap here with all the gradient change as well it really really does test not just the drivers but the cars as well and that is precisely why it's racing here there's so many manufacturers just do endless development work on the Nordschleife but the best way to do it isn't just in testing laps it's to come out and race and I really take my hat off to Toyota for doing that so gap between first and second it was 20 seconds last time around between the number four Porsche and the 47 Mercedes oh it's only come down by a second to 19 and a half seconds Yelma uh, Berman stayed as he was before 28 seconds down so it goes to prove that uh, Martin Ragginger has got his pace just right at the head of the field as he strokes at home 20 minutes remaining in this race Black and Falcon Mercedes in third place Yelma Berman on board red white and blue helmet in the Dutch national uh, colours of the national flag of course their sporting colour is the bright orange but uh, next car across the line in fourth place should be the Rover Racing BMW the M6 Jesse Crone listed at the wheel at the moment. And then the Phoenix Audi. Phoenix Racing Audi. Best of the Audis in fifth place overall. But still have to complete their 25th lap. Whereas the first three are now going out off the Grand Prix circuit towards Nordkera, from which they will then head out onto the Nordschleife. So the gap did come down a little bit, but not enough for Raffaele Marcello and for HTP Motorsport. As it stands in SP4, Andreas Winterweber and Christoph Renica would be champions in their Opel Astra GTC. And in TCR, I think we only had the four starters in that. As it stands, Andreas Goulden will be champion. So TCR, slightly more easy to work out. Let's just have a look to see how many starters we had. Uh, no, I'll make it five... Yeah, five, five starters. So do the, do the relevant calculations yourself. The points table is available on the vln.de uh, homepage or uh, points page. Uh, but for five starters, you, you get a maximum for a win of, of nine points, seven points per second and uh, various other calculations to be made. I, I do love the system. It's just working it all out, which is a bit of a nightmare, but it makes it fair for all 
who should be rewarded more so for winning a 22-car class than a two-car class. Here comes the dark blue PlayStation-backed BMW, car number 35 from Vulcan Hills Motorsport. That's a M6 GTE, surrounded by smaller BMWs, including the treble six car. Yeah, but he's right on the tail of the car collection motorsport Audi. So it is. Which is... Uh, he's matching pace for pace down to the first corner. If anything, is closing in. So, again, as I said earlier, you suddenly get these gaggles of cars. And we had a dozen cars together on the start, finish straight, with those two SP9 cars picking their way through. Audi and the BMW. The 666 Mercedes, Johnny... Uh, uh, BMW, Johnny, you were talking about this one earlier in the race, running just outside the top 50, but uh, one of the, the challengers in the class, Honet's car, with the, uh, he's got a plumbing company, plumbing supply company. A lot of, lot of deliveries, you, you see the name of the company, you don't know what they do. I quite <laughs> like if they give a drawing as well to give you some, some vague um, notion of what, what that company might really be doing with its life. Well, I was only told by Andrew Marriott uh, a f- few months ago exactly what Whelan do. Cause I oh, yes, got go a pray tell. Are they an engineering company of some they, sort? They make light bars for emergency vehicles. They make, uh, you know, the kind of revolving blue lights yeah. and amber lights, so that's for, for all the emergency services, but also for recovery crews, you know, Quite a your, lot your of AAs and your RACs. On the Nordschleifer doing Absolutely. their business. But I, I never thought it would be that big a business, but you think about the no. number of vehicles worldwide that would need light bars, and they are a worldwide name in it. So. Over the decades, often working at somewhere like Goodwood you speak to people who've got astonishing cars and you then find out they often really play down what they do oh I just make a little 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 thing and then you work out the multiples of how many they sell and how many they have to keep on selling that's the key don't make a product that uh, will last forever make one that uh, people need to replace on a constant basis and then as they say do the math and they're all unfailingly charming you think gosh why didn't I have that idea well never in a million years would I have had that idea but you know that sort of sentiment absolutely um, yeah, and uh, so so many of these businesses you find reasonably close to your life as well. I mean, you'd think it'd be quite specialist stuff, but then there are there are things that are everyday objects, like you say, that uh, sell the best, I suppose. Good manufacturing. Nine forty down towards the bottom of the lowest part of the circuit. This is the Cup Three battle. And away in the distance is a Pixum BMW, so that's not a class rival as such 940 is chasing 959 so Max and Jens trying to hunt down the Yakomo and Kach entered 959 car 959's been sort of keeping its head above water for much of the race they've been changes through the course of the pit stop cycles but um, good work in the pit stops running it as close as they dare as far as the minimum pit stop time is concerned of course and it's it's always a little bit of that sort of limbo time you let the car go and hope you've sent it at the right time because the clock stops when the car reaches the end of the speed limited area where the timing loop is and it's all about uh, you know talk about this being a team sport that is down to your team manager there sending the car at the right time he's got his fingers and his eyes on the stopwatch and hopefully can count with uh, great ability. Just look, you see the gaps coming down. I can count with vague ability, and Martin Ragginger is still comfortably clear. He's 19 seconds clear of Raffaele Marcello, so the Falcon Motorsport Porsche leading the HTP Motorsport. Uh, Mercedes Mercedes in third place, about seven, eight seconds further back, nine seconds further back now in the hands of Yelma Berman. That's the black Falcon example. 
So into the final quarter of an hour of this race. Multi-class racing has proved just uh, images that are being shared with us. For those of you on the radio stream of... Uh, <laughs> You're just enjoying a BMW Cup class battle, then suddenly out of the background of an onboard camera shot, going around a Porsche Cayman comes an SP8 class Ferrari, cut past the <laughs> lot of them. It's battling in so many classes. It's multi-dimensional chess. Indeed. And there's a car and out there that uh, will be doing multi-dimensional chess again next year, but it'd be homologated. It's the 2019 Porsche that Manti Racing have been running from a handful of races this season. They're going very well in the closing stages of the race. It's only in 15th place overall. Mathieu Jaminet has just got past Peter Dumbreck, or more to the point, Peter Dumbreck is possibly actually catching him up again because uh, Dumbreck's car was in the hands of Jens Klingman and it didn't come in to make its pit stop, went around the sprint circuit loop, came in the back way to the piss, costed a minute and a half, and now it's going to get one of those places back because the Scott is right on the tail of the Manti development uh, Porsche. As they go down towards Turn 1, there's a lower-class BMW on the outside line where it should stay and it's done so so no place changed there but in terms of sheer speed the Scott Dumbreck should be going past uh, the Frenchman Jaminet very soon indeed but uh, with every outing that uh, 2019 GT3 Porsche getting better and better for the overall drivers standings to crown new VLN champions it's still looking very good for Christopher Rink Philip Lyson and Danny Brink on the brink of a title you might say because they are in one of the biggest classes 22 starters in v4 so therefore on for the best points haul for a class victory and that's exactly where they are right now leading their class after a difficult start they were down in about fourth or fifth in the opening few laps in car 490 but are now leading the way and therefore unlikely to be caught by anybody because of the level of points they are scoring uh 490 yes out front in v4 let's just have a look at the lead margin though it's pretty tight in v4 because the tots tots kratz bmw 325i is only 1.4 seconds away so we're set for a good race to the line in v4 and 490 being made to work for this title much coveted vln 2018 title out a little wide there from race leader overall Martin Raginger well, it's come down he's lost two and a half seconds to Raffaele Marcello but look at the clock at the top of the screen only 12 minutes left he should be able to contain that but he actually got slightly blocked by a Porsche Cayman that was just about to come into the pits this very very late stage in the race and I think the driver slightly switched off through the final sequence of turns at the end of the lap but uh, no real damage done for Martin Raginger he'll just have to be ultra he's flashing his lights to everybody in front of him to say out of the way coming through I'm the winner but he's got to look out for gaggles of cars individual cars can be picked off easily but groups of cars having their own battles that's rather harder but I think his advantage at the moment should be sufficient 11 and a half minutes on the clock 16 seconds clear Raffaele Marcello will be hunting him down but I think that is too much of an ask for the Italian And in behind, just checking out, it's been a better lap as well for Yelma Berman. So top three covered by 22 seconds. Not so long ago, it was just under half a minute. So the gap is coming down. I think Raginger has got this under control. But let us see. We've had moments where we've had uh, liquid on track. We've had cars off track. We've had uh, slow zones. We've got which of the BMWs is that coming in? One of the Pixum Adrenaline cars. Just check, is that the one that we are watching? Well, well yeah, the 490 car. Yeah, quite possibly. It, is. it might be. 
and is that therefore a late stop for let's just have a look see what the time you have a look at says. that I'll just talk about Marek Bockman who's uh, got the get speed Porsche up to fifth place overall that was the one that started outside the top ten has worked its way with relentless efficiency comes up to complete another lap but uh, really been a good run for the get speed team just again one of the many teams based about a kilometer from the circuit gates such a center of industry think about Silverstone with all the groups around it but uh, the number of uh, factories uh, for tyre manufacturers and for race teams around Nürburgring it's grown and grown and grown so it shouldn't be too far back for these teams to take their trophies and uh, many of them running multiple cars in multiple classes not the 490 in the pits because that is coming back towards the pits but hopefully driving past just coming out of Duttinger now, and running down the straight towards the Bremskurve. Where is its rival in V4? Because, as I say, it's uh, this car that leads the V4 category and only 1.4 seconds adrift, or at least at the start of the lap, it was that way. Maybe the 490 has extended its class lead and don't cause for a championship win. It might well be. No, that's... Uh, it's, bigger it's, it's the red and white yeah, the BMW, sure. I reckon, yeah. that is... Uh, it is trying to uh, get in front of meanwhile a GT4 Mercedes sneaks into the pits in the background yes 490 doing all that it needs to do right now now it's rivals uh, being Jaeger, Koller and Kolhas they are leading their class but it's an SP8 division and how many are in SP8 is the next question a much smaller class I reckon than V4 entries or starters in SP8 total 6 so again you're not going to be scoring as many points for winning uh, SP8 as you are for V4 so still all going the way of the 490 crew but you think at the outset of the season they've sort of decided I'd like to be successful do you think a lot of the drivers think I'd like to drive in this class because I like the cars or do you think some go you know I might have to stand a chance if I enter that class and then you're still reliant on who else is going to come out and play but must, if that's the way you do it and you suddenly think well that's rather good we've got a lot of people in the class and I'm quicker than all of them then, then that is when you can start laughing yes yeah, good point, if you're going to be beating them on a regular basis. but Because uh, you could be brilliant in a, in a category with a really small entry. You could be beating them all by 30 and seconds. nobody would know. No one would know. Yeah, true enough. And you, you might think, well, you know, all of this work that I'm putting in with my teammates to win races by, as you say, 30 or 40 seconds, and you're still only getting 9.1 points as opposed to 9.7 Seven. points. Yeah. And that, you know, that seems like a very small fraction, which it is, but you times it by nine across the season and it all adds up. Absolutely does, but it does mean we've come into this final round, the ninth and final round of the 2018 VLN series with so many people who could have had a tilt at the overall title. Up at the front end of the field, though, the, sort of the, the, the honours that get the most attention, of course, are in the SP9 class that... Uh, Phil normally pretty much all of the top ten. They're the quickest cars out there on the track. And today it's been the Falcon Motorsport Porsche crew that's uh, been strong throughout the season. Looks like it's going to come on out on top as it did in round number seven. This is round number nine. Martin Ragginger and Klaus Backler. Ragginger bringing it home. Being kept honest, very honest indeed, by Raffaele Marcello who's chasing him in and closing in on him in the HTP Motorsport Mercedes. But uh, with seven minutes remaining on the clock... Even the Italian superstar won't be able to take more than a couple of seconds out of him on this lap and the next one. Third place, Yelwood Berman going well. In fact, first to third is getting tighter and tighter. Up and down the pit lane, the nerves are starting to jangle a bit. For those that can do maths that go to three decimal places, 
they're the ones trying to work it all out. So a few little grins up and down the pit lane, other people looking perplexed because they were looking out the window during maths in their years at school. Six and a half to go, and Martin Ragginger is where on the track is the next question because we can then work out roughly how much time there is to go. Somewhere in the fourth sector, so it'll be this lap and one more for the race leader. Raffaele Marciello trailing him by 16 and a bit seconds. Yelma Berman holding station in third. That number six car has already taken two victories this year. Looking like another podium for Black Falcon, Falcon but uh, no better than third. And the number 99 BMW also, well, the Rover BMW has taken victory. I can't remember now whether it was the 98 or the 99 on that occasion, but we have had a Rover victory at the start of the year in Colin DLM2. Colin and Jesse Crone, so one okay. of those drivers here this weekend. Yes, uh, it was the 99 that took victory on that occasion. So they're on course for another top five finish. Engine note coming in and out for car 101, the get speed. Uh, Porsche 911 GT3 the 101 car runs in class uh, SP Cup 2 Cup, Cup two. 2 thank you and it's Fabian Schiller back at the wheel of that Cup 2 car so second place in that division our race leader with five minutes remaining on the clock up to start its final lap just got to complete the run from Duttinger over the sort of graffitied section. Well, actually, when I say the graffitied section of the track, that's quite a lot of it, particularly the bits through the wood. But up to the final sweeping S's. An uphill approach, then it slightly flattens out just to get to the final right and left onto the start-finish straight. So for Martin Ragginger, he can wave to his pit crew. Klaus Beckler probably sitting up, maybe not yet on the pit wall. He was 16.6 seconds clear of Raffaele Marcello last time around. But as he puts the 27th lap on the board so it will be a 28 lap race we were discussing that early in the race how many they would do mm. waiting for Marcello to come through down to 9.1 seconds he's taken uh, let's do some maths let's call that 7 seconds between friends off the race leader if he does the same again he'll be only 2 seconds down at the end of the race but I'm sure Ragging has got it under control now 20 seconds covers the top 3 because uh, Ra- Yelma Berman losing very slightly to Raffaele Marcello but he's uh, now 10 seconds down on Marcello but 19 seconds first to third It'll be a BMW next across the line. Then probably Mor- uh, Marek Bockman in the best of the Porsche. Oh, sorry, second best of the Porsches, rather, with a Porsche leading the race. Two Audis next up. The best-placed R8 LMSs being Stippler and the brand-new SPX version. Car number 32, Fred Verwiesch and uh, Marcel Fessler having been doing the driving. Then Jonathan Hershey in the number 35 BMW M6 ahead of Chris Brook and Georg Weiss in the 22 car. Yeah, Georg Weiss sharing with Olli Kites and Jochen Krumbach. One half of the Wolkenspiegel team Monschau garage and the other being car 11 of Leonard Weiss, Nico Menzel and Daniel Kylewitz out of Mercedes Arena, down towards the little cut-through, the shortcut section on the sprint strecker for the final time for BMW number 99. Race leaders have already negotiated that bit. Ooh, slightly battered-looking front end of one of the TCR cars coming up 
final group of corners, but uh, uh, it seems nicely taped up. But the front right corner from the driver's point of view on the Seat, looking, oh, sorry, the Cupra, as I have to call mm. it now, looking a little broken, but that's okay. He should last one more tour of the circuit. Now, the big question is uh, how much can Raffaele Marcello close in? I'm sure Martin Ragging has got enough. In fact, the bodywork is actually rubbing on the ground for this uh, Cupra as it comes down to the first corner. That's the Fev Racing entered Cupra TCR. And that car, three drivers to its number. Benedict Gentgen, Martin Fischinger and, or Pischinger and Lukas uh, Thieler of Hamburg. And that car qualified 68th earlier on today. Where is it now currently in TCR? Third position. And... Second place in TCR is the 801, the Audi R8 RS3 LMS. Leading TCR, quite a bit further up the order, is another Cupra, the Goulden and Hamill example, car 806. So we had that nice little spread of manufacturers at the start of the race, a uh, Seat battling an Audi, battling a Hyundai i30. Haven't seen the Hyundai in a little while, actually. Uh, it's still circulating. 813, fifth in class with a certain Mark Basseng driving it currently. And he shares that with uh, Manuel Lauch. Hyundai is a SP3T entered machine. Uh, yeah, that I-30, I thought it was a TCR car, beg your pardon, but it's actually a 3T machine. There is a bit of overlap between those two categories, as we've already discovered in the race. Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini Huracan reaching the end of this current lap. There's just a minute to go, so it will have to go round... One more time. Likewise, the Ferrari 458 in behind it. And is that Ferrari on course for another class victory? It's done all the winning, I think, pretty much in SP8 this year. And yes, it is 10th place overall. Not so far down on the Lamborghini. And yes, another clean sheet for the Ferrari crew. Do look good, the team. Uh, Spiegel cars. Obviously, the the Weiss family is Spiegel. That's their publication. And it affords them to go racing. And their, their cars look very, very well presented out on circuit they get a lot of track time through the course of nine VLM races mm. which is exactly why this championship works so well yeah but also stretching their legs this year as well they did the Barcelona 24 hour race as part of the Creventic promoted championship and of course regular as well at the N24 in fact former pole sitters always very quick the Ferraris they've been front row starters in VLM this year as well and uh, thanks again to Tim Gray with information about the differences between TCR and SP3T and SP2T. It's actually down to the tyres. If you run in TCR, you must use the spec tyre. And if you go with an open tyre choice, then that means it's an SP3 or SP2T entered car instead. So otherwise, the specification identical. Yes, Mike Jaeger, Stefan Koller and Christian Kolhas driving the Racing One GmbH Ferrari this year. Well, Mike Yeager hasn't done all the races, but Stefan Koller and Christian Cole has really well placed in the points uh, coming into this final uh, meeting of the year and in with a chance of, uh, in with a sniff of the championship, but are just going to miss out. Again, because there's not enough cars in their category and winning SP8 only gets you 9.17 points, whereas the 
brink, rink and Lyson combination on course for a few more than that. And of course they had the advantage anyway after winning that Court of Appeal on Thursday. So the clock is now at zero and we're waiting for the race leader, Martin Raginger, sharing the Falcon Motorsports Porsche with Klaus Backler. Just the two of them. And they flip-flopped their way through this race. Backler generally looking quicker than Raginger, but certainly Mar um, the Raginger, Martin Raginger uh, stints have not been looking shabby. I just think uh, generally on the balance of average lap times, um, Klaus Backler has had the edge, and I think it was him that set the car's fastest lap of the race. However, that it was. was. He'd just taken over to do his second stint, which is stint three. Yeah. But it must be said, he made the break at the start of the race. Certainly, hell, we forget that the Land Motorsport Audi was pulling clear at the start of the race. Car number yes. 20, uh, 20, 29 with uh, Christopher Meese on board. And then suddenly, just out of turn one, we had a great four-way battle for second place. And I thought I saw something to the side of the circuit moving slowly that was white and green. Oh, dear, something. And that was out of the race. It limped back, but... Uh, I think we've got to see it again, but unfortunately Renault Clear hasn't quite made it to the end of the season in pristine form. Car number 630 in Class H2 has taken to uh, removing part of its front bodywork and its front left suspension looks a little awry. So double waved yellows where on the circuit? I think that's on the Grand Prix yeah, loop. I agree. There certainly seem to be no trees and plenty of width, so hopefully that won't affect our front runners. And Klaus Backler will be watching with a big smile on his face because... Uh, Coming up, actually, on the Renault RSO one to put another lap on it. That start at the back of the field is the race leader. So for Martin Ragging, he can flash those lights as much as he wants. Doesn't need to pass it. <laughs> Does the Francois Perodo, Mathieu Vassivier, and um, Manu Collard RSO one need another lap? Oh, a whole gaggle of cars in front of our race leader. Aware in the background of the long, long shot. Haven't quite got the low enough shot to see if the Mercedes is closing in with Raffaele Marcello on board. But uh, no real need to look for it because simply... He's not in the background of the shot, not yet, not yet, still on a long shot, so he's more than 10 seconds back. Lots of traffic in front of the race leader, but he should be coming through to take the victory, Johnny. Round number nine, VLN nine, the last race of the year to the Falcon Motorsport Porsche crew. Yeah, and after a 1-2 for the Falcon Motorsports outfit earlier on in the year, that was at the start of September, they finished their VLN season in 2018 with another victory for their Porsche on the Falcon Motorsport tyres. It is... The 47 Mercedes coming across the line to finish in second position. And one thing we should note about Raffaele Marciello, he set the fastest lap of the race, an absolute best this is, on the penultimate tour. A 7.57.785 from the Italian, an indication of just how hard he was pushing. And the, vi the margin of victory Five at the seconds. end, 5.334. Yeah, we actually lost him. I was looking on the long shot. He was tucked behind another car, and then I finally saw him released onto the, the home straight because I was thinking it's gone out beyond 10 seconds. And he, just as it went out of shot, I thought I saw that the yellow and black nose of his uh, Mercedes coming through, and it certainly was. 20 seconds back to third place to Yelma Berman, still waiting for the best of the rest. But today belongs to Falker Motorsport with its Porsche for its second win in, two out in three outings. Yeah, and the... BMW M235i finishes now heading over the line as well. We'll probably have to wait a little bit longer for the class winner in that. Yes, we will. And it's looking like it might be Fubrick and Griesner with Tristan Vidas at second place. And that will be good enough to get the Cup 5 uh, driver's title and, uh, and team's title for that matter as well because Vidas has been with the same team all year long 
Jesse Crone over the line now in the number 99 BMW for Rover Racing. So not quite a podium for Rover, but they have uh, taken victory already this year in VLN2 with that 99 car. Marek Bockman due across the line at any moment. And what about the V4 leaders? It is still uh, Chris Rink, Danny Brink and uh, Lyson then leading the way at the moment. And we... We'll wait to see those guys over the line to confirm the championship for the 2018 VLN with Christopher Rink, Danny Brink and Philip Lyson taking points away from what they were by the officials at the end of VLN 8. It all went to Court of Appeal, was heard on Thursday and uh, those points were given back to them after a post-event, very much post-event uh, decision so waiting for the 490 car to head over the line Mikhail Schrei of course the outgoing VLN champion there's the number 2 car over the line so that's 5th place and he's turned a bit minutes down as so our timing screen decides that's the moment to die but uh, <laughs> I was just waiting and waiting for the next car in line in the SP9 class to come home in 5th place that has now been completed and we've got one of the BMWs coming through in the background of the shot should be taking I think 6th in class uh, no it's not it's further back beg your pardon 6th so in class will be Stippler of course. In the number five Phoenix Racing Audi and seventh place to number 32, the SPX version of the Audi R8 LMS. And as a result of that then, with no Lance David Arnold who topped the points coming here in, in terms of SP9 Pro drivers, uh, it was a sixth place finish for Stippler, which gives him even more points in that. Patrick Assenheimer in car 47 finishes in second spot. A win for Battler as we've determined. What about the 35 BMW? That finished in eighth place with Hunter Abbott and Jonathan Hershey doing the driving along with others. But a quick rejig of the points therefore I think still gives us the same result. Yeah, Frank Stippler across the piece, all nine races. When you add together the SP9 Pro driver's points, Frank Stippler has accumulated the most. Very nearly 40 points, 39.94 for the Phoenix Racing pilot. And that means that in second in the championship should finish Patrick Assenheimer after that victory, of course, in VLN 8 and a second place in VLN 9. Patrick Assenheimer has mainly done his season in car 13 for Auto Arena, but changed to HTP for this event. 36.78 for Klaus Bachler, who should finish third in the driver's standings in SP9 Pro. What about the other cup leaders? Cup 2 has now crossed the line. And that one, two, three. Yeah. Was. Victory then to the one, two, three uh, Porsche of Porsche 911 GT3 of Marcel Hopper, Moritz Krantz, and Tim Schierbart for Mulner Motorsport. Cup three, hotly contested throughout, but that's gone the way of 959 as we suspected. 959 takes the race victory from 940 and then the 969 car. And Cup five. We may still be waiting for No, over the line now for the 650 machine. So 650 has completed its race. We're still waiting for Tristan Vidas to cross the line any moment now. And there is the 490 car, I reckon, as well, being overtaken by the number 12 Porsche. So this is 
potential championship victory. All they've got to do is get that Pixum Team Adrenaline car over the line and that will be championship sealed for the three drivers that came into this event leading on the driver's points, 67.07, but they will get maximum points in V4 for a 22 starter class. That's 9.77. And Danny Brink, Philip Lyson and Chris Rink then will be VLN champions for 2018. Just the matter of Tiergarten and Hohenrein still to negotiate. And the 490 car prepared by Pixum Team Adrenaline Motorsport are the new VLN champions for 2018. I'm sure the team are up on the wall now, cheering them home. There is the chequered flag. You could blink and miss that car coming over the line, but crucial for the championship. And doesn't the driver know all about it? What I can't tell you is whether it's Danny, Philip or Christopher at the wheel, but he got very, very close indeed, whoever it was, to the pit wall there, kicking up the dust. And there are the Pixum Team Adrenaline crew next door to Black Falcon, indeed, to celebrate. And the little V4 car done good there in what was a very hotly contested uh, class throughout, really. I think the average numbers have you know, fluctuated around 20. So every credit to all those drivers. And the fact the car finished without a mark on it is also one of the reasons they've come out on top. They, they keep it neat, they keep it tidy and... One of the teammates, he gets to wear... It's not the Dunce's hat, it's the Meister's hat made by uh, Form 4 at the local primary school out of uh, paper and, and glittery things. And a, a quick drop of bud, bubbly down the neck of one of the champions there. But uh, you could hear the whoops and hollers on the pit wall. Very happy indeed. In a championship as tight and as close as the VLN on a circuit as unforgiving as the Nürburgring Nordschleife, any title is good. This wasn't just a class title. This was the overall title for the Pixum Adrenaline Motorsport crew. So uh, I feel a bit of a party might be brewing at their base just a kilometre down the road in Moispath. The other thing we need to update you with is the VLN Speed Trophy, which was very tight coming into this event. Remember, this is the system of point scoring where no matter what class you're in, the order that you finish, you accumulate FIA-type points. So uh, an outright win gives you 25, second on the road, 18, third on the road, 15, and so on and so forth. Well, there were no Fricadelli Racing Porsches in the race. They were leading the championship by five points. Well, been, that points total has been obliterated by the Falcon Motorsports Porsche number four. They will get maximum 25 points. And, of course, nobody can catch them because they've won this race. So, to my mind, they have won the VLN Speed Trophy as well. And that's partly due to the fact that Fricadelli Racing Porsche was a no-show. The 31, anyway. The 30 car did qualify. I think I'm right in saying. And then... After an incident, yeah, the 30 car was qualifying this morning but uh, crashed out and obviously they couldn't fix it in time for Lance David Arnold and Alex Muller to race it this afternoon. Doesn't feel right, really feel very right, does it, without a Fricadelli Porsche at the front end of the field? They seem to have been such a staple of the championship for so long now, but uh, these things can happen and certainly track conditions work slightly tricky this morning. Everything delayed for an hour while the fog lifted and I guess that probably put a bit more pressure on the drivers to go out and deliver whole programme put back an hour but come what may I'm sure they'll be back again next year with their red and white Porsches almost certainly so and uh, not quite a bit more action for your money but it takes it deeper into the afternoon for the spectators and as the sun just starts to work its way towards the horizon uh, 12 minutes past 5 local time and 
I think that might be just about everybody over the line now. I can still hear engine noises in the background, but that might be the cars working their way around the sprint stricken now. No! I, I think we've still got about three minutes more cars coming over the line because you some cars be right. have literally just started their final laps, curthing under their breath, or perhaps celebrating the fact they got an extra lap to complete their 2018 season. So uh, still, pro- still a mere probably 40 or 50 cars to come over the finish. But uh, for those that have finished, they don't have to go and... Den- do another full lap they can report via the back entrance to the pits and start their park ferme moment but the checkered flag waiver still has work to do as Indeed. the field continues to stream in well, that's a car that possibly looks a little bit like tristan vidas but i don't know whether that's a 235i bmw but the vidas car i might have said he's home now actually yes he is and vidas having finished second we reckon that's enough points to give him the cup five title Beating to the finish the treble six car who had been championship leaders coming into this event. So the Cup 5 finishing order, 650 in the Pixum Team Adrenaline Colours, 694 was second, treble six was third, fourth position was the 700 car and fifth place in Cup 5, 695. Give you the various class winners at least in this race in a moment or two. Forgive us for not being on top of absolutely every championship battle. I know several were decided prior to this race, including uh, SP7, which was decided way back at VLN7 when Mike Sturzberg took the title in that all Porsche GT3 Cup class. And then there were other titles that... uh, were decided VT, VT3 decided as no cars racing in that class this weekend so therefore that was decided at VLN 8 V3 decided as the only drivers that could catch the Falcon and Fielenbach combo again were not racing this weekend so all they had to do was turn up and well didn't even have to turn up frankly because the guys behind them in the points championship would not be able to catch them AT decided as the Smudo and Axel Duffner combination. Again, because of one or two no-shows in that division, the alternative fueled gas part of the entry. Uh, SP2T, I assume, was was a victory for uh, Bradley Philpot. Yeah, and the two Nets, Joachim and Jürgen. So congratulations to those three drivers in the Peugeot 308 Racing Cup car. SP3, looking like uh, with about 20 minutes to go, it was going to be Shrick and Gavris in the 274 car to be champion. And I don't think the position's changed enough for that uh, forecast to change dramatically. And Andreas Winterweber and Christoph Renica champions in their Astra GTC in SP4. So we're just about on top of most things there. TCR, Andreas Goulden, champion. And one or two other classes to be decided. Yeah, all of those that I've given you so far are confirmed. And thank you again to our executive producer, Tim Gray, who's had uh, various (laughs) complicated spreadsheets that have been running all afternoon to see how we uh, have things pan out. But generally, things have gone with form. And, yeah, we've had uh, drivers that were further back in the standings leap up and leapfrog others to snatch victory in the 11th hour or the 9th hour at VLN 9. But uh, the big story is the 490 crew of Danny Brink, Christopher Brink and 
Christopher Rink rather, and Philip Lyson being the new VLN champions. Hopefully, we will get all three drivers on the podium in due course. SP9 Pro was won by the Falcon Motorsport Porsche of Martin Raginger and Klaus Beckler. They ended up winning by 5.334 seconds from the 47 uh, Mercedes from HTP Motorsport of Raffaele Marciello, Maximilian Gertz and Patrick Assenheimer. Third position going the way of the number six Mercedes of Yelma Berman and Lucas Stoltz and Hubert Haupt. Fourth place, the 99 BMW, the Rover Racing entered machine of Nick Katzberg, Jesse Krohn and Nico Bastian. Then it was the number two Porsche of Gigaspeed, Get Speed Performance. Sixth place, the number five Phoenix Racing Audi, Frank Stippler and Vincent Kolb. Seventh place, the number 32 car, which was an SPX machine. So SPX winner being the Audi of Marcel Fessler and Fred Verwisch. Eighth place, the 35 BMW of Jonathan Hershey, Hunter Abbott and Jordan Tresson. Ninth place to the number seven Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini Huracan and 10th place to the number 22 Ferrari and did they therefore win SP9 Premium yes they did SP9 Premium going the way of uh, Georg Weiss Oliver Kainz and Jochen Krumbach so congratulations to those three for victory in class uh, in the alternative fuels category, it was Thomas Kiefer who was champion. I beg your pardon. So with Smudo and Duffner not showing, uh, Thomas Kiefer stayed as champion. It was all dependent on other drivers turning up and potentially outscoring the championship leader heading into VLN 9, but they did not. And Kiefer, in a, Kiefer rather in a Porsche Cayman GT4, fueled in an entirely different area from those in the main pit lane, there is an alternatively uh, alternative fueling station uh, for those couple of cars that often turn up on your way into pit lane. You just dive right a little earlier than everybody else. Uh, the class winners, SPX I've mentioned, SP Pro and Premium we've dealt with as well. Victorious in Cup 2, car 1, 2, 3. In SP7, it was the 70 car of Mike Sturzberg and Uwe Altson. As I say, Mike Sturzberg had already sealed the championship in SP7. SP8, another victory for the Ferrari 458. It might have been retired, and that, uh, and that prancing horse sent out to graze in other categories and other championships, but it's uh, alive and kicking here. And the 458 has been victorious in SP8, number 139, again. So let's give the drivers every credit. Mike Jaeger... Stefan Kola and Christian Kolhas are the three who have won SP8. In TCR, it was victory for the Cupra that we called across the line at the time, the 806 machine. Cup 3, 959 taking victory. In SP10, a victory for the 828. That sounds like a BMW. So what happened in that category? It's Yeah, it's dropped a long way back. That's a Sorg Red Sport car, the M4. And that was running way further forward. But it only ended up 31st and overall. And 163 ended up finishing 5th in SP10. And that must have led at least three hours of the race and possibly more. But uh, drama towards the end then with 828 taking victory in SP10. In Cup X, it was victory for 929. There, was, there were problems, of course, for the 931 car that ground to a halt in the ex-Muller area with Reinhard Koffler 
at the wheel, but well done to the 929 car. I think out of the same stable, mind you. Yeah, Teichmann Racing, as is the 931. So that is Cup X. In the alternatively fueled category, it's Thomas Kiefer, as we've mentioned, in 420. Cup 5, victory for the 650 car. SP6, the 210 machine, took victory. The BMW M3 GT4 from Hoffer Racing. So the gap was 5.3 seconds at the end of 4 hours, 3 minutes and 35 seconds. A second victory of the year for the number 4 Porsche from the HTP Motorsport Mercedes and the Black Falcon Mercedes, 47 and 6. 99 BMW was fourth ahead of the Get Speed Performance Porsche, fifth. The best of the Audis was the Phoenix Racing example of Vincent Kolb and uh, Frank Stippler. They were sixth ahead of the other Audi, the 2019 spec version, seventh. Eighth position, the number 35 BMW. Ninth place to the Lamborghini Huracan of Comrade Motorsport. And tenth to the SP9 Premium winners, number 22, the Wachenspiegel team, Monshow Ferrari. It's also worth just looking there. The, this year's uh, Audi in sixth place was just over... 1.4 seconds clear of the of next year's um, Audi. And, of course, that started somewhat further back at the back of the pack. Went on to win the SPX class in seventh place overall. But uh, that was closing in all the time and very nearly got it. And having just ahe moved ahead a few laps ago of the Phoenix Audi was that number two get speed Porsche. So two Porsches in the top five, but uh, one of them was two minutes, 20 seconds ahead of the other. So very, very good win there from Falcon Motorsport. Had things under control. Mercedes again showing... A strong hand here around the Nürburgring. And Audi scratching their heads a little bit. So strong over for so, for so many seasons. But uh, I'm sure they've got plans for next year's VLN. And already they've got their development out car out there doing the business. And um, don't forget that was delayed by extra time at its pit stop. So to come through to seventh place overall was uh, very impressive indeed for Marcel Fessler and teammate Fred Verbish. But uh, for now, the pit wall is being stripped the canopies being removed, the gantries being removed, people standing under the podium waiting for the start of the presentations. A very long presentation uh, on the podium here, of course, with so many classes at the Nürburgring. But for the VLN season, it has come to an end. Beautiful autumnal sunshine to bring it to its, uh, its ninth race to conclusion. Some great racing. It ebbed and it flowed, but uh, really all the questions had answers that could be provided by the Falcon motorsport crew for its Porsche taking its second win in just the last three outings but there'll be stories up and down the paddock up and down the pit lane in and out of the bars but uh, again Johnny I think it's been a really cracking season for the VLN series and uh, more and more people coming out to play and realizing what a great championship it is but you can be sure if Johnny and I entered a car next year it'd be rain and fog at every single round <laughs> with a bit of snow and hail thrown in to trip us up so let's stay on our side of the microphone yeah very very wise uh news about the cup x category that ran with two cars today and it is Mike Ronafart, uh, the sole champion, as Torsten Young was in a different car in VLN7, so therefore a handful of points back, basically. So Mike Ronafart uh, takes the title. I think at, at best that category has had three or maybe four cars in it. So then, again, you could argue a little tougher to win, really, because you're not winning that many points. You're not extending the gap a huge amount with every single event. But Torsten Young, because... He changed to a slightly different car for VLN7. That put him uh, off the rhythm with his more regular teammate, Ron Fart. Um, 
11th position in the overall standings was Ferrari number 11. That was the SP9 Pro Wockenspiegel Team Monschau 488. 12th place, Tukar 12, the Manti Racing Porsche. And 13th position, the 911 numbered 911, Mathieu Jaminet and it was Michael Christensen, wasn't it? Yes, Sharing it was. Christensen him. did the other, other stints. I'm just trying to work out. We didn't, know, we didn't see an image, of the, apart from it not starting the race, the number 51 Renault RSO one. It came through to fifteenth place overall, but I don't know if it started behind all of the batches or just behind the first batch. Probably just behind the first batch, one would think. Yes. That's what that's normally what happens is they put them to the back of group. So you one. go back to sort of fifty fifth position rather than hundred and fifty fifth. Indeed. And of course you you gain best part of four minutes that way yeah. as well. I mean frankly, where's the challenge? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're in a far better car than everybody else. It's newer. It's been more developed. And, uh, but but uh, it's exciting times, I think, for you know, Aston Martin, Audi, Porsche. We've got this, uh, this new Toyota A90, potentially, which um, Graham Goodwin again informs me. It's a motorsport development vehicle um, used to assess suitability for race programmes. New GT4 most likely, entered by Toyota Gazoo Racing, but prepped in Cologne home to the LMP1 programme. So, you know, imagine that next door to a TSO 50, pretty much. Uh, Aston Martin, were you Aston Martin there? just pointing out, looking down to see where it finished. Outside the top 50, 64th position for Chris Goodwin and Ross Gunn. Of course, Chris Goodwin for so many years a, a McLaren development driver, but uh, moved across to Aston Martin to really sit, sit with their burgeoning road and race car programme. But uh, again, useful number of laps. I think there were four laps down at the conclusion. Um. The KTM class has been slightly busier than I had expected, actually. I think there are only about three or four different chassis, but they've had a variety of different numbers. In fact, eight different numbers through the course of the various VLNs, and I suppose scoring uh, their own points that way. You don't score per chassis. You score by the numbers on the doors. So uh, that has spiced up uh, the Cup X division a little bit. That came into being partway through last year, I seem to remember. And the KTM Crossbow, a raw track day car. Uh, you really do know that you're at the wheel of one of those machines, particularly in the old days when they were open cockpit. They now have this clamshell around you. But nevertheless, way next to nothing. Uh, a little Audi engine in there, which is turbocharged, but the power-to-weight ratio is phenomenal at the wheel of one of those cars. Lots of bottles of champagne all prepared now. Bruce is counting them up. 19. 19, 19 across bottles. the foot of the podium. OK. Interesting you made that your priority this weekend. Counting the booze. <laughs> oh, hold on. There's one hiding behind a pillow. Could that be 20? I'm sure, I'm sure there is. I'm sure the, the, that's just the first version of the podium. It's going to be redressed, I reckon. Yeah, there are 20. Uh, so the announcement's now being made to the assembled crowd, which is below. And I'm sure there are people in the grandstand opposite as well 15 euros it is to enter the paddock and the open grandstands this weekend but absolutely free of charge to go and spectate elsewhere around the Nordschleife and when you're not in a grandstand indeed in the uh, on the sprint strecker but very accessible indeed is the VLN and that was the 43rd edition of the DMV Munsterland Pokal where's the ham that's what I'm wondering the Ham Hock, which is always awarded in the Schinkenrennen at the end of the year. We'll see it, I'm sure, in due course. So, drivers to the podium. Initially, to the top step from Falcon Motorsport, Martin Ragginger and Klaus Beckler. And the traditional Nürburgring garlands 
immediately around the neck. Next up, presumably to the second step of the podium, will be the guys from HTP. And remember, it was Raffaele Marciello setting the fastest lap of the race on the penultimate tour. Deep into the 7.57s from the tall Italian. And Raffaele Marciello will share the second step with Maximilian Gertz and Patrick Assenheimer. And third place to car number six, the machine of Black Falcon. Hubert Haupt, Yelma Berman and Lucas Stoltz are being announced now to the crowd below and will appear on the podium in any moment. Here they are in a variety of Black Falcon overalls. I think Yelma Berman and uh, teammate uh, Hubert Haupt are in the traditional Black Falcon attire. So let's pause for the national anthem of the winning team. Well, yes, Jörg Weiss, joined by Oliver Kites and Jochen Kulbach. Plenty of applause for them. By my reckoning, there are still, we need still more drivers. We've got more bottles of champagne than we have drivers. Yeah, well, we tend to stop for the national anthem and then introduce more drivers. There are garlands to be given out as well, too, but you will hear the German national anthem very shortly. Be assured of that. But garlands, as you say, to the SP9 premium winners. Congratulations to Georg Weiss, to Oliver Kites and Joachim Krumbach. And is it now that we hear the national anthem or there are, or are there more trophies to hand out? Garlands are coming off, so that's the indication, I think, that we hear the anthem now. Volko Motorsports take victory in the final VLN event of the year. Congratulations to Martin Ragginger and to Klaus Beckler. And now is the moment where the podium will get flooded with more people from various different classes. And uh, a chance then for, well, the drivers that are already in position on the podium to not be able to move for the next couple of minutes as we introduce... What I quite like about these podiums is there's an opportunity from week to week uh, for various different categories to be represented. It's not always the same and keeps us guessing as well, I have to admit. Just what we want after looking after 155 cars over four hours. Indeed. Pick the winners. Even more difficult when, they got, when they got uh, their overall. back to you and black overalls. <laughs> Facing the wrong way. <laughs> and it's starting to go dark. Anyway, there's a couple of class winners <laughs> to the 
extreme right of the podium. And who have we got next? Often there is a camera actually on the podium as well, offering us a bit of a close-up. I think they're just fearful uh, fearful of the fact they've got 20 bottles of champagne that could be sprayed into their camera. And we know yes. that's not good for cameras, but yes, they're not quite uptight. In fact, they must be one of the junior classes. The drivers who just came on don't even have their names um, sort of sewn onto their belts of their overalls. So one would suggest one of the junior cup classes there. Could very well be. Unless we have a man waving a Greek flag, or is it an Argentinian flag coming on? Blue and white stripes. I think it could be. Ah, with Pixum Team Pixum. Adrenaline ah, ha, ha, ha. outfit. Okay. Now they are not the VLN champions, I don't believe, because those three are all German. I'm pretty sure. Uh, let me just check. Yeah, they all run on German licenses. So. Who else could it be, Bruce? It might be. I'm scrolling as fast as you are. Might be six nine zero, the uh, or the six five zero, I should say. The winners in Cup Five. Well, that was only a two-driver lineup, though, of Yannick Fubrick and David Griesner. Well, that could be those guys over on the far right, perhaps. And now we're looking for an Argentinian who was part of a three-driver lineup. You did mention one earlier, and. A class winner, you have to think, as well. Well, there's only one Argentinian in the race, I make it. And that must be Adolfo Vasquez Marcos with Mulheim Montana and Minden Kielverth Mark, who were driving the 966 Cup 3 car. But I didn't have them down as winning the Cup 3 category. Well, we haven't seen the flag unfurled. I thought it was Greek to start with. I was waiting to see the top corner, but it's okay. now been folded up and put into behind the belt of his race overall. So apologies, ladies and gentlemen. We've tried to find some clues there for you. <laughs> this is the, <laughs> the bit I find most uh, fun by the end of the race, I have to say, is uh, this process of elimination. They don't eliminate them. We try and eliminate the problems. Correct. So that's, that's the, uh, no, that's right. There's uh, some sorting out to be done, of course, down at ground level to make sure that all the relevant people are called. It could be the Finnish flag, possibly. He doesn't look very Finnish to me. OK. I know it's dark on the podium, but it's very dark because, of course, the sunshine is hitting the grandstands opposite on the far side of the track. But uh, this is uh, near on full shade at the end of the 43rd DMV Munsterland Pokal, the last race of the 2018 VLN season. And a race that actually, when the fog was thick this morning, they must have thought, well, it does tend to burn off, but will we get a race? Yes, we did, an hour late. <laughs> more drivers to the podium and more of these historic and great-looking gold. And with the, uh, the German flag attached, the victory garlands. Uh, a couple of drivers wanting to sit down on the podium there, sitting down on the job. Goodness me, that's what they've been doing for the last four hours, isn't it? at the wheel of their cars so they are told immediately to stand up again and that's only so they make space because there are more people going to be coming on board need a bit more space point. up at the podium well I'm sure we now have the drivers of the 650 uh, Yannick Fubrick David Griesner Cup 5 winning car we will also have 959 drivers I'm sure of Ivan uh, Yakamar and Claudius Kach Ah, here are the guys then, I reckon, that are the VLN champions. Yes, they've got the hats that say Meister, that helps us a lot. Big cheers, yes, indeed. Thank you, guys, and congratulations to Christopher Rink, Danny Brink and Philip Lyson. They got the best reception of everybody, 
and there are now more no now no more bottles of champagne because they've all been collected I think possibly no they've not been handed out yet <laughs> but they ran the risk of running out of uh, bottles of champagne here's the moment where the number one board is to be handed over then to the three drivers this to be carried on into season 2019 the number one board of course uh, was run by Michael Schrei all season in Cup 5 well we wait to see what sort of car it is next year that carries the number one but it'll have Christopher Rink, Danny Brink and Philip Lyson at the wheel, you have to think. They must stay together as a trio after such success this year. You think so, but I still want Tink to join Rink and Brink. Harry Tink. Harry Tink. No, perhaps. <laughs> yes. yes. There the we go. Sheep. We'll put in a call and see whether Harry Tinknell's got a spare weekend. I doubt it somehow. But congratulations also to Pixham Team Adrenaline Motorsport. They've been preparing a, l- a number of cars this weekend, probably over 10. It's often 12, 13, 14 different cars, all in a very similar paint scheme. And the champagne bottles are about to be cracked open. 20, maybe even 21 bottles of bubbly about to be liberally sprayed. You'll not be able to stand up straight on that podium very shortly. There is something about a final round, the final podium of the year for people. We saw it last weekend for the Crevencic lot. They get absolutely bonkers on the podium. It's good to see. Yeah, well, it's been a long, long day when you lump in qualifying this morning. And, of course, an hour of waiting around, waiting for the early morning fog to clear. That is VLN for 2018, done and dusted, all live here via the Radio Show Limited network of channels. The 16th of March, 2019 is the first race of next year so there must be a calendar out I've missed that but it's been announced and the 16th of March 2019 uh, is must be a Saturday and that will be where we start the VLN for 2019 be sure to join us whether it be on RS1, RS2 or RS3 we will confirm those details nearer the time coming up this week on the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels it'll be Midweek Motorsport on Wednesday night from 8 through till 10 o'clock Uh, And that being British summertime, just about, because don't the clocks go back next weekend? I think they do. And that will be more adjustment to be made. Bruce James, thank you very much for all your help. And thanks for sticking around for the extra hour as well. I had no choice, but I was loving it all the same. I just wanted to watch you do all the maths. Well, yes, you've managed to keep talking whilst I've been uh, (laughs) tapping away at various spreadsheets. But we got everything covered, I think. We hope you've enjoyed it. From Bruce and myself, bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.